0: Welcome to Stop Christian Nationalism. This is a podcast that seeks to stop Christian nationalism. What is Christian nationalism, then? Christian nationalism is the political and religious ideology that asserts that the United States of America is a Christian nation and exists for Christians, and that Christians should have special rights and privileges that other people in America don't have, and that Christianity, Christian leaders, Christian preachers, Christian self-declared prophets, should be able to control everybody else, to tell everybody else how to live, that everybody in the United States of America should be forced to obey harsh Christian religious laws. Christian nationalism is the belief that Christian churches should be in control of the U.S. government and that that power of the U.S. government should be used to coerce, to compel, even to force with violence all other Americans to become Christians, or in its milder form, to place all non-Christian Americans into the status of second-class citizens. Many Christian nationalists aim to take over the entire world with their political order, a theocracy. Now, many Christian nationalists will defend this agenda simply saying, well, it's the will of their God and Um, It's just a matter of faith. And who could argue against faith? I mean, faith is such a lovely word. Who wouldn't want to have faith? You gotta have faith, don't you? And they want to say, oh, faith is just about, you know, trusting in people and, gosh, just believing. And that sounds just great until you look at the actual content of what they say faith is and what their faith is compels them to do to the rest of us and to do to our American democracy. This was on display last month, April, 2023. Christian nationalists declared without any real power that this is faith month. April was faith month. Did you not notice that? Well, the Christian nationalists were trying to make you notice that. Christian nationalists took to the floor of the United States House of Representatives a collection of Christian nationalists declaring that April was dedicated and should be through the power of government to celebrate faith. Well, gosh, celebrating faith just sounds like, you know, celebrating people believing in things. And oh, who could disagree with that? Well, It was organized by Mary Miller, who coordinated a group of speakers to explain exactly what their faith meant. And it began uh, with her statement about actually what the parameters of that faith were.
1: As a member of Congress, I am happy to reaffirm my commitment to the Judeo-Christian values and the freedom of religion on which our country was founded.
0: So, U.S. Representative Mary Miller, all of the people that you're going to be listening to today are elected members of Congress. These are government officials, not just people speaking as private citizens. They have taken an oath of office to uphold the Constitution, which includes language that says that there shall be no religious test for public office and that Congress shall make no act regarding an establishment of religion. In spite of that, they're declaring Faith Month. <laughs> so faith sounds really lovely in the abstract, but here is U.S. Representative Mary Miller saying that it's about a commitment to Judeo-Christian values and the freedom of religion on which our country was founded. Our country was founded on Judeo-Christian values? Is that true? If you look in the U.S. Constitution, which is the founding document of the United States of America— There's no phrase in there about Judeo-Christian. There's nothing in there about Judaism or Jews. There's nothing in there about Christianity or Christians. Not one single word. So this is actually not true. But this is the argument that is being made by these people who are celebrating Faith Month, who are trying to impose Faith Month on the rest of us that Faith Month is about Judeo-Christian values. Judeo, referring to uh, Jews and Judaism. And the funny thing is, in their group, there wasn't a single Jewish person. Not one person who celebrates Judaism. Of course, even the idea that there's this Judeo-Christian framework would exclude Hindus, Buddhists, Muslims, Zoroastrians, Wiccans, all manner of other religions besides Judaism and Christianity would be excluded. And all of those are people who are living in the United States and more, so many more religious groups we have. So first, U.S. Representative Mary Miller wants to Cut out all religions besides Judaism and Christianity. And then, de facto, the Jewish part is really just kind of a fig leaf because they don't actually include any of the Jewish members of Congress. The Jewish members of Congress kind of know what these Christian nationalists are up to. They use Judaism as a kind of little token of diversity. But the the funny thing is that they do it because they believe that Judaism was supplanted and really should have been replaced by Christianity. That Judaism was just some kind of half-baked thing before Christianity came along. But even then, they're not including these people, not giving them a voice, not giving the many Jewish members of Congress a voice during Faith Month. It was Christians only, and that tells you what these Christian nationalists are really up to. When they say they want to celebrate faith and the freedom of religion and the freedom of Americans to worship God however they want to, because that's how they always put it, they never talk about other people's things. They never say, we want to support people's rights to worship Allah or to... um, support the tenets of Buddhism or Shiva. They won't talk about that stuff. No, it's always God. And when they're talking about that, they mean the Christian God only and the version of Christianity that supports Christian nationalism. Let's take a look at what another member of Congress had to say about this. U.S. Representative Diana Harshbarger from Tennessee, define for us exactly what faith really means and how it applies to the Christian Nationalist Campaign for Faith Month.
2: I want to talk about faith and uh, what is faith. Thankfully, the Bible contains a clear definition in Hebrews 11.1. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith is trusting in something you cannot explicitly prove. Trust is actually relying on the fact that something is true. This biblical definition of faith doesn't only apply to salvation, which is God's gift to us, but to the rest of our Christian life. We are to believe what the Bible says and we are to obey it. That's called living by faith. We are to believe the promises of God. We are to agree with the truth of God's word and we are to be transformed by it. Hebrews 11:6 says, because without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, we cannot be saved. Without faith, the Christian life cannot be what God intends it to be. Without faith, I wouldn't be standing in this chamber today representing the precious people of the first district of Tennessee. Without faith, I wouldn't be able to share a hopeful message with this great nation that if God be before us, who shall be against us? Faith knows that no matter what the situation is in our life or someone else's life, that the Lord is working within that situation for their good and his glory. Perfect faith is simply taking God at his word.
0: U.S. Representative Diana Harshbarger here tells us what the Christian nationalist idea of faith actually is. It isn't just some kind of universal principle that applies to all religions, that originates from all religions. No, this is an explicitly Christian principle that comes out of the Christian Bible and Christian theology that has developed it, this idea of faith over the centuries. That faith is from the Christian Bible and about the Christian God and Christian life. That's what U.S. Representative Diana Harshberger is saying here. And she is saying that faith is trusting in something you cannot explicitly prove. It is relying on the fact that something is true. It is simply taking people at their word. Whatever they say, you believe. Oh, but she doesn't mean people. She means the Christian God. But, well, where is this Christian God? Does the Christian God come and make speeches on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives or show up even on a stage outside on the Capitol grounds or on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. and say, hey, here are my policy priorities? No, it's funny that this Christian God never actually shows up anywhere, and so we are If we are to uh, obey the word of this Christian God, uh, as it is proposed, this this God concept by these Christian nationalists, how do we understand what it is that we're supposed to do? Gosh, now that faith starts to get really complicated, doesn't it? Oh, no, it gets really easy. If you take the Christian nationalist idea that Christian nationalist preachers and prophets are somehow in secret communication behind the scenes, no photographs ever taken, but they're talking to God and getting God's word direct, really, into their heads. So here's what faith actually means for Christian nationalists. It means taking Christian nationalists at their word and accepting without question that what they say, human Christian nationalists say, is true taking their word, their opinion, their assertions of truth, and just presuming that whatever they tell us is true. That is what faith is about, according to these Christian nationalists. And that is what Faith Month, that they tried to impose through Congress on all of America, is all about. And this is what she's talking about here. She says we are to believe what the Bible says and we are to obey. We are to believe the promises of God and to agree with the truth of of what God says. Of course, remembering that God is really a shorthand for human Christian nationalists and their leaders. I mean, can you imagine what this kind of government would be? it would be a totalitarian dictatorship. It would be a a group of Christian nationalist politicians in charge telling people what's true and saying that some god has told them that it's true and therefore we should just accept that without any question at all. Is that what you want the United States of America to be? Well, that's what they're doing with Faith Month. Christian nationalism on the rise. Also rising on the floor of the U.S. House of Representatives was Christian Nationalist U.S. Representative Andrew Clyde. Let's hear what he had to say about Faith Month.
3: I rise today in honor and celebration of Faith Month. During Faith Month, we celebrate the enduring power of the Bible as God's revelation to his creation, offering guidance and the promise of eternal life through the gospel of his word. The sacred text has played a pivotal role in shaping the very fabric of our nation, acting as a guard for liberty in the United States of America.
0: Well, here, U.S. Representative Andrew Clyde makes it pretty clear what Faith Month is actually about. It's only about Christian faith. Everyone else can go home and just shut up as far as he's concerned. That's what Christian nationalism is really all about. It's not about promoting religion. It's about giving special power to one religion to dominate all the other religions and to dominate and control people who don't want to be religious, which is a lot of Americans these days. And, you know, listening to these people, you can kind of understand why people don't want to be religious. He says, during Faith Month, we celebrate the enduring power of the Bible as God's revelation to his creation. Oh, Oh okay, um, wow. The Bible. Wait, Faith Month is about the Bible now? Oh, I thought it was just about faith. I thought it was about freedom of religion. If if Faith Month is just about the Bible, then it you know it's not about all these other sacred texts, is it? Oops. It's not about the Quran. It's not about the Bhagavad Gita. You know, Muslims and Hindus can go away in Christian nationalist uh, America. And he says that um, this Bible is God's revelation offering guidance for the United States of America. But in the Constitution, there is no clause giving any God or any church or any human religious leader any authority to guide the government of this country. You know, Christian nationalists put down the idea of government all the time. You got to remember, what is government actually? In a democracy, government is established by the people. The people. That's what democracy is. That's what democratic government is. When they're saying they're anti-government in a democracy, what they're saying is they're against the people. And you can hear that in what they're saying. These Christian nationalist politicians in Congress, when they're talking about Faith Month, they're talking about how much they hate the idea that the United States government was established by the people, that there should be democracy. They despise that idea. So here we have U.S. Representative Andrew Clyde saying, that No, it's, it's God's revelation through the Bible, the Christian God and his word and the gospel of his word, the word of the Christian God, which includes, by the way, promises to come down and destroy the earth and kill everyone on it who does not obey. That's literally in there. You should read the book of Revelations where Jesus comes back as a killer, slaughtering people until their blood runs like 10, 12 people, 12 feet high, okay, across huge areas of land. So much blood, Jesus is going to rip out of the bodies of people, squeezing their bodies in a giant heavenly wine press, killing people in agony. That is what God's word and guidance and revelation is all about in Christianity. It's there, and a lot of people don't like to talk about it, and they like to sort of whistle and avert their eyes from parts of Christianity like that. And then they wonder how people like Christian nationalists can say such nasty things and be so violent and intolerant and claim to be Christians? Well, it's because that's part of Christian history. It's part of Christian texts from the beginning. It's right there in the New Testament. You can't say either, this whole Judeo-Christian thing, this idea that, well, you know, the, the God of the uh, Old Testament, those Jews, was really nasty and angry and very violent, but... In the New Testament, it's all about love until you get to Jesus instructing his followers to go pick up swords and Jesus threatening to physically attack people and doing it in the temple, beating people with a whip, and then saying, I'm going to come back and I'm going to come with my God and we're going to burn the earth and kill everyone on it who doesn't obey us. So, I mean, here, U.S. Representative Andrew Clyde, a Christian nationalist, is saying that this religion is going to be a guard for our our liberty. A guard for our liberty. Is this the kind of religion that we should entrust our liberty to? Well, let's look at what kind of nation was established, to be honest. Slavery. Slavery. Slavery was supported by Christianity, justified by quotes from the Christian Bible. That's the kind of thing that we saw when Christian religion was allowed to go unchecked in America. And, you know, U.S. Representative Andrew Clyde believes that this is all just something that's always been there, Christian nationalism, and it's what our founders wanted. Here's what he said about that.
3: Our founders wisely and proudly proclaimed that our liberties are not bestowed by the government, but by our heavenly creator.
0: Here you go. There is U.S. Representative Andrew Clyde laying it all out. The people of the United States should not be in charge and never were, according to Christian nationalists, that our liberties are not bestowed by government of the people, but by this spirit being that he calls our heavenly creator. Well, you know, the U.S. Constitution says something else. The very first opening words, we the people do establish this constitution for the United States of America. Not we the churches, not they the gods, or this our Christian God, or we the religious people of the United States of America. No, none of that. We the people do establish this constitution for the United States of America. But there's a lot of fake history in Christian nationalism. And you'll see that going back even before the founding of the United States of America. Now, Christian nationalists love to do this little thing where they take pre-revolution America, colonial America, in which we are ruled by a king. It's a monarchy. There's no freedom. And they used that as a model for what our government should look like now. It's as if 1776 never happened for them. And here's Andrew Clyde doing that, talking about what it was like in the good old days, back before people got riled up and had that old American revolution.
3: Over 400 years ago, settlers fled religious persecution in search of the new world. And the Bible became the cornerstone of our founding father's vision for a free government. Their wise leadership wove the word of God into the foundation and core principles of our nation, ensuring unity and success for generations to come.
0: You know, if you just kind of gloss over the text of what um, these members of Congress are saying, it kind of sounds superficially okay, until you stop to think about what they're actually saying. If you just do a loose listening, it's all like, oh, America, yeah, and faith and everything's great. It's all good, right? But then you listen to the details. It makes no freaking sense. It's kind of crazy. And historically, it's nuts. So uh, here's U.S. Representative Andrew Clyde. And he's saying, over 400 years ago, settlers fled persecution, and then the Bible became the uh, basis, the cornerstone of our free government. Wait, 400 years ago. Okay, that's, a, that's, that's 1600s. Hmm, okay. U.S. Revolution, right? The American Revolution, 1776. That's, there's a bit of time A bit of a time gap in there. If the Bible was the cornerstone of free government in North America, how come we didn't have a democracy with liberty and justice for all uh, way back in the 1600s when those pilgrims came? Because we really didn't. Not only was the king of England in charge of... Uh, the American colonies. Oh, no, it was more than that. Those um, colonies were set up as theocratic dictatorships. There was no liberty in uh, the American colonies. There was religious tyranny. Uh, Just think about Salem, Massachusetts. That's where these people, these pilgrims, who supposedly came over to flee religious persecution, um... In England, that's supposedly, you know, what these people, these Christian nationalists celebrating Faith Month, they're talking about. They fled religious persecution. Okay, yeah, there totally was religious persecution in Christian Europe because of the Christian monarchs, because each Christian monarch was a Christian nationalist trying to establish their own version of Christianity. Totally Blending church and state, and imposing their religious view on everybody else, and that's why the Puritans were really unpopular with a lot of people because they even chopped the head off of a king who refused to follow their religious principles. Chopped the king's head off, installed their own ruler, and they they banned, uh, you know, going to the theater. And dancing, and they imposed their own vision of Christianity, and that's why the Puritans were so unpopular. And then when you had the restoration of a monarchy, then, you know, the Puritans, some of them left the country because they had had their own revolution where they were persecuting other people. That's what the Puritans were all about. They weren't about religious freedom. And when they came to North America. They persecuted the Native Americans because the Native Americans were not Christians. And then they started persecuting each other. So you have Rhode Island set up as a new colony because the people who were in charge of the Massachusetts colony were so nasty to each other. They wouldn't let People have their own version of Christianity. No, the, the Christian rulers who were in charge of the Massachusetts colony said, you got to do Christianity our way, and you have to say the, the religious principles that we say, and you have to pray our way, or, you know, we're going to kill you. And they actually did that to people. I and mean, if you look at like what happened in the Salem witch trials, these people meant business. They tortured people and killed them. It was against the law to stay home from church on Sunday, okay? These people didn't flee religious persecution. They were looking for a place where they could practice religious persecution. So, you know, there's a lot to talk about here in what U.S. Representative Andrew Clyde said, but one little phrase here. he talks about in terms of the founding of uh, our country under his false history of christian nationalism is that the whole thing was to ensure unity that these christian principles were the core principles of our nation ensuring unity you know a lot of people talk about unity it's one of those words that's like faith and it sounds great at first until you think about it. Unity. You know what unity means is that everybody's saying and doing the same thing. And there's no disagreement. And everybody thinks and believes and acts in the same way. That's terrifying. It's also against freedom. If you have unity ensured under the power of a Christian theocracy, you have people fearing for their lives if they don't do religion the way that the people in the government say that you should. Because under Christian nationalism, there's not democracy, it's theocracy. It's not government of the people, it's government by churches. And if you don't obey the churches You are in real trouble. That is not a free government. Now, we have Andrew Clyde talking more about our God-given liberties and government overreach. Listen to what he says here.
3: We must defend all our God-given liberties from government overreach, and we in Congress must lead on this issue. Today and every day, may we individually and unapologetically rejoice in our faith. And as we move forward, let us continue to use God's word as the guiding light. Our government founded on faith, and his divine plan will bring peace, freedom, and liberty to all who call this great nation home.
0: Just think about this. What would it be like if you were to call up one of these members of Congress, and you're not a Christian? What would it be like? Here, we have... U.S. Representative Andrew Clyde saying that, well, the government is founded on faith, right? And um, the divine plan of his God is going to dictate what happens here. So that's what government is. Why should U.S. Representative Andrew Clyde listen to you as a voter? As far as he's concerned, it's not your business to tell him what you'd like him to do as your elected representative, because he believes that the government is established by God as a human organization that has no other purpose but to obey the commands of Christianity and the supposed Christian God. He believes that the U.S. government is not there to listen to the will of the people but to obey his religion. So if you're a constituent of this guy, you call him up, you ask him, hey, could you do this thing? Well, he's going to say no, not, not if it disagrees with my religion. I, I can tell you that's not who I want representing me in Congress. you know. And he's saying that his religion's divine plan is going to bring peace and liberty to all. Well, I don't think so. Because if you take a look at what that religion actually says in this Bible that he's celebrating, it says that everyone who doesn't obey religious authorities is going to be thrown into a lake of fire to burn forever, and that Jesus himself is going to toss you in to burn if you don't obey. That's not what democracy looks like. Let's move on to another member of this Faith Month Christian Nationalist crowd that spoke in Congress last month. Rick Allen. Rick Allen is gonna give us some more history of Christian nationalism and telling us exactly who the government is for.
4: President Adams stated that our Constitution was written for moral and religious people only. It will, do no, it will do for no other. You know, I, I've often said that and it offends some people. Well, as I understand it, our founders came to America for religious freedom. You cannot have virtue without faith. You cannot have faith without freedom and you cannot have freedom without virtue. And you think of this as a triangle, each dependent on the other. We serve a God who created perfect order, because chaos is the absolute opposite
0: of freedom. So we see where you start to go once you start out with the idea of, gosh, we've just come together to celebrate faith, which is something that everyone can agree upon. And isn't that nice? And who could disagree with that, right? Well... Actually, uh, here is U.S. Representative Rick Allen, right in the U.S. Congress, under the Capitol Dome, saying that the Constitution and its freedoms are for religious people only. <laughs> so, actually, if that's what faith means, I think there are a lot of Americans who would disagree with that because, you know, 40% of Americans are not Christian and something like 30 to 35% of Americans are not religious at all. So if 35% of Americans are not religious, and U.S. Representative Rick Allen says that liberty, that freedom, is only for religious people, what he's saying is that between three and four out of every 10 Americans should not have any freedom at all. That's what we're talking about when we talk about faith in politics, when we mix religion and politics, when we fail to separate church and state. This is what we get. And uh, he says, you cannot have virtue without faith. And you can't have freedom without virtue. So, if you take those two premises, it's just logical that unless you're religious, you just shouldn't have any freedom. And so, you have to think about what Christian nationalists actually mean when they use the word freedom. For them, freedom is the right to obey people in power, to obey Christian leaders in power, because Christians are going to be the only ones who are allowed to have power. He's saying that the U.S. government should be all about this God that created a perfect order, because chaos, oh, we can't have chaos. Well, you know what chaos is? Chaos is people getting actually to do what they want to follow their own vision of how to live, what life is all about. That's freedom, but for Christian nationalists, that's chaos. And it must be suppressed. It must be destroyed with top-down power from this imaginary God and then right underneath that, (laughs) these human religious leaders who are going to tell us what to do in a perfect order. And that is how Christianity is used to justify fascism. Some people have difficulty understanding this, but it's from the religious principles of Christianity that fascism arises. And with the fascist slogan, in God we trust. Heck, a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't trust in God. But Rick Allen, he says we all do. We just do. Shut up the rest of America that doesn't believe in Christianity. The four out of ten Americans who aren't Christians He just wants us to be quiet. Here's what he says about that.
4: Based on these founding principles, we have, in God we trust, above the American flag that hangs right there above the speaker's podium. Behind us, looking down on this body, we have the full face of Moses, who wrote the first five books of the Bible, the law, God's law. So in this body, we are without excuse. And with that, let me lift up a few examples of faith in both the Old and New Testament. God chose Abraham to be the father of Israel, the home of God's chosen people. Why did God choose Abraham? I'll read uh, from Genesis 12. Uh, The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse and all the people on earth will be blessed through you. And I would say to you today, that includes the United States of America.
0: Here we have U.S. Representative Rick Allen giving us another lesson in how the principles of Christian nationalist fascism actually do come right out of Christianity. He's spelling it out for us here. He's talking about uh, uh, the Bible, which he says is the law. Actually, it really isn't. The Constitution is the highest law of this country, and all of the other laws are established underneath that Constitution. The Bible is not the law in the United States of America. But Congressman Rick Allen, he thinks that it is. And here's why. It's because of oh, this prophecy from the book of Genesis, which, I'm sorry, was um, first... You know, probably composed orally, oh gosh, thousands and thousands of years ago, on another continent, okay? Another continent. Somebody wrote it, so I mean, people kind of told the story probably, and then eventually someone wrote it down, and then they argued about what the official version should be, and... Okay, so this is not written by Americans, not by voters, not by an elected government body. No, no, not at all. And so this is what Christian nationalism is about. You don't have we, the people of the United States of America, being in control of our own country. No, we have to obey the orders that people kind of sitting around a campfire came up with thousands of years ago halfway around the world. Now, for me, I don't think that that's a great system of government because when things come up that are, you know, new, like let's say artificial intelligence, that's something that, I'm sorry, the Christian Bible just does not address. And the book of Genesis certainly doesn't talk about artificial intelligence and how we should make decisions about the regulation of that. You know, I would like to have... People who are alive now making decisions about how to run our country, not people who have been dead for four or five thousand years. Okay, but that's me. I'm a little crazy, I guess. So here's the thing he's saying that, well, the Bible is the law. So, you know, if you don't obey, well, you don't have any excuse. And you, oh my gosh, watch out if you're not obeying, right? Because the Christian nationalists. Christian nationalist governments have a long history of torturing and killing people who don't obey them. Okay, so he's telling this story from the first book of the Christian Bible, which, of course, they ripped off from Judaism. Talking about um, the Christian God, who was at that point apparently just kind of cosplaying as a Jew, um, giving a command to Abraham to be the father of Israel and that this this kind of prophecy includes the United States of America, saying, Abraham, you were kind of born over in Mesopotamia, you know, you think of Babylon and uh, all of those great cities of the Tigris and Euphrates rivers, that ancient civilization. Yeah, but you should just go over to uh, Palestine and just take it, because I've given you a prophecy. Go and take the land It's yours. And now Rick Allen is saying, and this is why we have the United States of America. Okay. You may notice that there's a little gap in the history where things happened in between. I mean, so first of all, probably there was actually not a person called Abraham and probably the settlement of that area that became Israel, which still contained... Uh, the Philistines or the Palestinians. Um, I I mean, it's a lot more complicated than what's actually written down in Genesis. It's not a literal history. It's it's an oral tradition that kind of has legends in it. Okay, but then, uh, you know, eventually we had stuff actually written down, and when we get to U.S. history, I mean, you know, what's written down is often not quite truthful and honest. You have to look at a bigger picture, but at least we have an extensive historical record. And I think that actually, no, the establishment of this country through the Constitution of the United States of America had nothing to do with Abraham kicking the Philistines out of, um, or the Canaanites, kicking other people out of this uh, promised land. Um, There's nothing, nothing in the U.S. Constitution about that. Now, it is true that Christian Americans used this kind of belief to kick Native Americans off their lands, saying that, oh, this is our new Jerusalem, this is our new Israel, the entire continent of North America. God has ordained it because God told Abraham to go and settle next to the Mediterranean Sea. I mean, the logic does sort of break down if you think about it. Oh, but Rick Allen isn't done yet. Congressman Rick Allen gives us another Bible story to tell us what he thinks, you know, faith is really all about. Listen to this.
4: The second example I'd like to share is from uh, Matthew, and this is one of my favorites. uh, When Jesus calms the storm. This is uh, Matthew chapter 8. Then he got into the boat and his disciple followed him. Without warning, a furious, sto- a furious storm came up on the lake, so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him and saying, "Lord, save us, We're going to drown." He replied, "Ye of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. You know, we might, that begs the question is, is who is actually in charge of the climate?
0: Okay, so in this story, which is a parable, which is kind of like, Aesop's Fables. I mean, you know, if you believe that those things, those stories, actually happened, well, that's an interesting thing. But okay, let's say that there's this story: Jesus was in a boat with a bunch of people, and for some reason, Jesus is like sleeping in a boat because they're hanging out on the boat. It's a great big party. People get drunk, they fall asleep. It's okay. And uh, the great big storm comes up, and people are getting worried, and they're like, you know, confronting an actual threat. To their safety. And then Jesus wakes up and he's he's all angry at them. And like, what the heck is wrong with you? You of little faith. I mean, worrying about this clear and present danger to you right now. The fact that you're threatened with death. Why should you worry about that? Because you don't you know I have magic powers to just make the weather go away? And then Jesus makes the weather go away and changes it. According to his will. And he says, Let that be a lesson to you. Don't ever like worry about actual things that are happening in the world that seem dangerous, because I'm just gonna take care of it all. And then you see, Congressman Rick Allen, this guy is in the United States Congress, says, Well, that begs the question, who's actually in charge of the climate? Ha ha ha. So he's saying, like, we should not address the scientifically proven fact that the climate is changing, it's changing because we're polluting the Earth's atmosphere, and that this is causing immense amounts of destruction and death already that is going to get worse. Okay? This is a dangerous time, and we don't have any planet B to go to. This is the one. Mars is not hospitable. It's cold and there's no air and there's nothing to eat there. Okay? So, no, we're not going to go with Elon Musk to Mars. I mean, they all promised that we were going to be leaving for Mars back in 2018. I uh, remember that prediction. Didn't happen, did it? And, you know, if you go there, what is there to do? I mean, there's nothing to do other than die on Mars. A little bit of science. I'll give you that. You can do some science and then die because you're not protected from cosmic radiation there either. Not a good place. We've got this Earth here. And, you know, it's not perfect. We've got mosquitoes and leeches and diseases and things, okay? This is not some perfection. But darn it, we can actually live here if we take care of it. But Congressman Rick Allen is saying, no, you don't have to take care of the earth. Jeez, heck no. So wildfires, so what? So floods and hurricanes. Oh, who cares? Yeah, that doesn't matter. So there's heat waves killing people and ruining crops and devastating the economy. Who cares? Jesus is just going to come and make it all better. He promised to thousands of years ago. Okay, you gotta wonder, if Jesus made the promise to make everything okay thousands of years ago, if we would just become Christians, and then actually Christianity became the world's largest religion, how come things aren't just okay for everyone who was living under Christianity all that time? I mean, the Roman Empire spread Christianity all around with its military force, kind of a Christian nationalist state, the later Roman Empire. Right? Uh, So how come Jesus didn't just make everything okay? Well, this is Rick Allen's idea of governing responsibly. Don't do anything about any problems that we face. Just pray and somehow, magically, through supernatural powers of the spirits and gods, everything is going to be all right. Do you think that's going to work? I don't think that's going to work. I think we actually need to look at the facts of our real world and come up with practical ideas to take care of things ourselves. But you see, Christian nationalism hates that idea, hates the idea that people would take care of themselves. Christian nationalists can't stand science because it dares to actually look at the reality of the world instead of what religious authorities tell everyone to believe. And Mary Miller, who organized this whole faith month in Congress thing, comes back and lets us know what she thinks about science.
1: And what a shame that today we are teaching our children that they're the result of cosmic dust and are here without purpose instead of intricately woven and designed and purposed by god
0: here is u.s representative mary miller a member of the united states congress saying it's just terrible that we teach children that they are made out of atoms and molecules um, and that they aren't magical beings created by a spirit okay Here's the thing. Education in America is, roughly speaking, divided into two separate areas. There is the one established by the government of the people, by the people for the people, which is, or should be, it isn't according to our um, latest, very reactionary Supreme Court, They are eroding this. But the idea is that when you have public schools, they're for everybody. It's not just for church people. It's not this idea that freedom and education are only for Christians and everybody else should just go home and shut up and die. Um, No, that education should be for everybody. And when you have schools, what you do is you don't make those into church organizations. That's all that people are asking for is just public schools can be places where everybody is welcome, which means you don't use the power of government to force other people's children to obey and practice the rituals of your religion. What Mary Miller is saying, it's a a darn shame we don't teach children in public schools about God. Okay, she's not saying public schools, but she's saying we don't teach that. Well, of course, you can teach that. If you want to do homeschooling for your kid or send them to a church school, that's fine. It's just that if you send your kids to a government public school, you know, they're going to teach you about reality because that's what education is. It's learning about the real world. And, you know, in English class, you can read fiction, and it's clearly labeled as fiction, so you can read books about unicorns and fairies, and that's sweet because it helps to give you language skills, all the while understanding that unicorns and fairies are not real, okay? There, There are no little people with wings going around, okay? And you can't use public schools to force people, other people's children, to, you know start to worship fairies. right? I don't think Christian nationalists would like that, but what they want for themselves and what they want for other people is not the same thing. They want to have the power to force other people's children to uh, engage in their religion, to join their religion. They want to force other people's children to worship their spirit god. But they don't want to give that same freedom to anyone else. They want public schools to be Christians only in charge, designed and purposed by God. Those are the words that Mary Miller is using. And putting down actual chemistry, which she dismisses as cosmic dust. You know, it's chemistry, it's physics. Do you not want America's children to learn chemistry and physics? I mean, think about how much of our economy is based on this. But Congressperson Mary Miller doesn't want chemistry and physics in America's schools. This is how radical Christian nationalism is. And this is what Faith Month, National Faith Month, in the U.S. Congress is really all about. It's about saying we shouldn't teach America's children chemistry and physics. And of course, it goes beyond that, too. It goes into your sex life. And here's what U.S. Representative Mary Miller had to say during Faith Month about what you can do with your sex life and your family.
1: Our nation is in crisis because our society has turned away from God. This year, I launched the Congressional Family Caucus because I believe we have a moral obligation as servant representatives to save our American values and to defend the natural family as ordained by God, a husband and a wife, uh, committed to each other for life with their children. We need to defend the natural family from attempts by the radical left to erode this core foundation of our society.
0: Well. Here is U.S. Representative Mary Miller talking about the natural family and that our society is in a crisis because we've turned away from the Christian God and embraced a culture that now tells children that life has no value. I mean, who is actually saying life has no value? Um, well, I suppose there probably are some people who say that. Most people don't say that. Um, most non-Christians wouldn't say that. What they would say is that you have to figure out the meaning of your life as you want to live it, and that that's what freedom and responsibility are. And at the same time, you have to build a life that's accountable to other people, so you have to start to pay attention to them. Because those other people, they, they may want different things. They have different feelings. They have different experiences than you. So they don't look at things the way that you do. So most non-Christians are going to say, yeah, you've got to kind of take into account diversity, that not everybody's the same, that there's not just one set of rules that are magically created by spirit beings that we all have to obey, because life isn't that simple. That's the kind of view of a young child, that there's just some kind of magical rules of life that everybody has to follow. It's more complex, it's more difficult, and I understand that for some people, like U.S. Representative Mary Miller, that can seem really confusing. It is confusing to be alive, okay? I really get that. I mean, life is a struggle. That's for sure. But to pretend that we've got some kind of spirit magical beings who are writing down rules for us that, you know, have been established by one group of people, you know, on the other side of the world thousands of years ago and ha- haven't needed to be updated at all since then, it uh, doesn't really match things. Especially doesn't match things when it comes to our sex lives saying that, you know, we can't have sex with the people that we're attracted to, and we just have a duty to follow the rules of the spirit gods telling us who to have sex with, who to get married to, to get married at all, and then what a family should look like. Now, U.S. Representative Mary Miller says that the natural family is a man and a woman and their children. Okay. Well committed to each other for life with their children. What if you don't have children? I mean, not everyone can have children. And what if you are a woman who loves women? What if you're a man who loves men? What if you don't quite view yourself as either exactly a man or a woman? You know, you're kind of fluid. I mean, honestly, people who are Christian nationalists treat this idea as if it's some weird new invention, But that's just because they're ignorant of the cultural diversity in the history of the peoples of the world. Uh, There have been gender fluid uh, people in cultures uh, around the world um, for as long as we've known those cultures. There have been homosexual relationships, uh, romantic relationships between people of the same gender or the people of the same biological sex Um, that's been recorded in cultures uh, for a really long time so it's not a new thing it's not some weird freakish invention it's what some people want to do and um, people having the ability to do what they want to do is what we actually call freedom and Um, if people want to live together and, you know, not violate other laws like, you know, you can't do violence and you can't have fraud and, you know, all those other important laws, right? I mean, but if they're being respectful and obeying the law and um, being decent to each other, I mean, gosh, Um, who are we to say that they, they shouldn't do it? Well, U.S. Representative Mary Miller believes that she has the word of God on her side and her church. And her church tells her that this is the way that things have to be. And because her church says that there is just one kind of family, that then everybody should just obey her church. And that's what we get down to when it comes to faith. Faith sounds like this glorious idea of just, oh, people just believing in things and hugging kittens and stuff. But it's not. Faith is about power. Faith is about someone coming up to you and saying, I have no evidence at all for the thing I'm about to tell you, but you should just believe me and that everything I say is the truth And you should obey me and start to change your personal life in radical ways and have sex with the people I tell you to have sex with. Obey all the rules that I tell you to obey. And I should not have to give you any evidence for why you should do it. And you should give me power over your government and end democracy. And just say, Let's do whatever church leaders tell us to do because they should just be in charge and we should stop having the ability to contribute our opinion about things. Faith is about undoing the revolution of 1776, which, hey, was not perfect, but it was a step forward from Christian monarchy. Let's not forget that. The Revolution of 1776 was not about establishing Christian nationalism. 1776 was a revolution against Christian nationalism. It's basic history, people. Look it up. Well, let's resist this, if we can. I want to remind you that all of the voices you've heard, those people giving those speeches about Faith Month, those are people who have been elected as Christian nationalists, to the U.S. Congress. There are a large number of Christian nationalist radicals in Congress right now. And Donald Trump, himself a Christian nationalist, and quite willing to give the Christian nationalists exactly what they want. He is running for president again, and he is the Republican front runner. And right now the polls have him running neck and neck with Joe Biden. Folks, this is no time to sit still and just think, well, you know, somebody else is going to take care of it. Because no, there is not a God, there is not a pixie, a fairy, a centaur, a spirit being that's going to take care of you. There is no Jesus to calm these waters. You got to get in there and you got to get active. And now is the time because The primary elections begin next year, and Donald Trump is gaining steam, and he has new technologies to use to get into office. Last time it was Facebook. Now we have generative artificial intelligence and deep fakes, and oh my goodness, people. We are on the verge in America, and right now America is a democracy, and we're hanging on to that. And that means that government is established for the people by the people, which means that if you don't stand up to Christian nationalists, you're going to be giving them the stage, and they're going to be the ones establishing the government, and they're not going to keep our democracy alive. These people with Faith Month in the U.S. House of Representatives have told us exactly what they want to do. They want to end your freedom to have sex with who you want. They want to end your freedom to have the family that you want. They want to destroy science. They want to completely abandon all hope of confronting climate change. And they want to destroy democracy. They want to take things back to how they were in Salem, Massachusetts, They want to take it back to Christian nationalism. Here at Stop Christian Nationalism, we're not having that. So we're going to stand up and we're going to keep on bringing you news of Christian nationalists and what they are up to. I'll be back next week with more about that. I mean, golly, who knows what's going to happen between now and then. Thanks for listening.